0: In this series, we are reminded of the promises of God as the psalmist, David, pours out his praise to God. And in these first few verses, we are told of how God loves his people, how God acts in power for those who know him and serve him. Last week, we heard about how we are forgiven. If you have questions that came out of that service for you, I invite you, don't just hold on to those questions. Pursue answers for those questions. Reach out to me or to others in our congregation who can walk with you in that life of forgiveness. This morning, we've turned to the second phrase, which talks about our healing. And we learn that in Christ we are healed as a reminder this series in psalm 103 is to help us not only think about what god has done in the past but also to live out that resurrection reality the power of god expressed through the raising of jesus from the dead showing that he has power even over death itself our greatest enemy our greatest foe in this life and in this world. And so we learn that in Christ we are healed. Psalm 103 verse 3 says Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits, the one who heals all your diseases. In the Old Testament, as David is writing this, we know that There's this idea that sin is responsible for suffering and for disease, illness, and death. And in fact, in the Old Testament way of thinking, there's a direct causal link. It's cause and effect. I do something wrong, the result is suffering. I do something wrong, the result is disease and illness. I might even die because I sinned. Mm -hmm. So when David here in Psalm 103 talks about being healed from his diseases, it's part of a bigger understanding for him, which is why we see a progression in Psalm 103. First, it says, God heals, I'm sorry, God forgives all of our iniquities. What does that mean? That means that God has removed that source of suffering God has dealt with the consequences of my actions that have led to illness and disease. And now, because I've been forgiven, now the source, the underlying cause of my diseases, my suffering is gone. Now I am healed. There's a progression. It goes on from there. God has healed us. And because we are healed, now we no longer fear dying. God redeems my life from the pit. The pit is another way of saying death. So we see this progression here that David is talking about in this song. If you are forgiven, then you can be healed. And if you are healed, then death no longer has a hold on you. In the teaching of the scriptures, and particularly in the teaching of Jesus, we learn that yes, sin is the cause of all suffering disease and death though we also learn that it's not necessarily a direct cause and effect kind of thing the way that the old testament uh, people of israel would have understood it to be in a very individualized sense where i sin therefore disease and illness strikes rather We have learned and understood that death, disease, and suffering enters the world because of sin. But all the way from the sin of Adam and Eve, continuing until today, the good that is the creation that God has made has been corrupted, has been twisted and bent. The curse of sin has entered in. We also have learned through the scriptures that we as people are not only living in the world that we see and touch and know with our eyes, we are spirit, mind, and body, and that this is a unified thing. What happens in one part of our lives, in one part of our being, affects the other parts of our life. When we have brokenness and sin in our hearts and in our minds, it affects our body. And when we walk in ways that bring brokenness and and hurt to our bodies, it affects our spirits and our soul. In our world that we live in, we know that there is disease and illness all around Some of it we can say, oh, that's that flu virus that's going around and it's hitting us. But often what we encounter that is in need of healing in our world seems random. Something we can't anticipate. Something that strikes one down and leaves the other unaffected. We also know that in this world, the way that we have lived here in this earth has continued this corruption. For one very clear and close example here for us is that just a few kilometers away from us, just over the Ontario border, we have a nation called the Grassy Narrows First Nation, who for Years were getting sicker and sicker. And then we began to realize and understand that the cause of their illness and their disease was because tons of mercury had been poured into the water by the mills that were processing the wood just upstream from them. Something that we had done to ourselves and it played out in the lives of this people. People our neighbor, and continues on to this day. So, yes, sin is the source of disease and illness. But it doesn't mean that it's always because I did something, now here's a direct consequence. There's all kinds of ways in which this happens in our lives. The one thing that we know from the scriptures, the one thing that David clings to is that Jehovah God is a healer. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rapha is the one who heals us. In Jeremiah 17, verse 14, we read this. The prophet proclaims in a song to God, Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one that I praise. The prophet is clear. When we see healing in this world, when we experience healing in our lives, the source of that healing is always God. God is the healer, and we turn to him. Some of you were thinking about the question that was on the screen during the uh, the break this morning. I want to put it back up on the screen here for you. If God is the healer, And if what the Bible says about healing is true, then why don't we see it more often? Anyone else here thought about that once in a while? Anyone here wrestling with that right now? If God is the healer and Scripture says that God is going to heal us, then why isn't God healing me? Why am I walking with this burden, this pain, this suffering, this disease. Why? This is a reminder that this topic of healing is not one that we can treat lightly. To say, oh yeah, God heals. That's it. And if he hasn't healed you, there's probably some problem that you, you haven't dealt with. No, it's a fraught kind of thing. We just read Jeremiah 17, 14. But in Jeremiah 17, 15, he goes on to say this. They, the people around the prophet, keep saying to me, where is the word of the Lord? Let it now be fulfilled, even in that day. Even though they proclaim that God heals, they say, where is that healing? Why aren't we seeing it? Now, in the sense of how the prophet was speaking, he was calling out the people of that day in not trusting that God is who he is, that God would fulfill his promises, and he calls them out for it. But that sentiment, I think, is very real. It's something that each one of us deals with from time to time, or maybe each day. Where? Where is the word of the Lord in this situation? Let it now be fulfilled, we say. So does that mean that David was just being, you know, overly optimistic or just had, you know, for David, I mean, David was the man of God, right? He was that king that was the man after God's own heart. Maybe he had it easier than the rest of us and, and maybe it was true for him. Well, no. We have a very clear example in the life of David that God did not always heal. David had a son that became sick very shortly after being born. And after seven days of being sick, that child died. Let me read to you the story from 2 Samuel 12 of David's grief and anguish and how he responds to the death of his child. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent nights lying in sackcloth on the graft. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused and he would not eat any food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. David's attendants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they thought while the child was still living, he wouldn't listen to us when we spoke to him. How can we now tell him that his child is dead? He might do something desperate. David noticed that his attendants were whispering among themselves, and he realized that the child was dead. Is the child dead, he asked. Yes, they replied, he is dead. Then David got up from the ground, and he washed, put on lotions, changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and at his request they served him food, and he ate. His attendants asked him, why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept. But now that the child is dead, you get up and you eat. And he answered, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, Who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let this child live. But now that he is dead, Why should I go on fasting? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. David here experiences one of the deepest griefs that any person can experience the loss of an innocent child to disease and death. We hear in the story his grief as he wept before God. God, you can do this. I know that you can do this. He did all the right things. He fasted. He lay on the ground as a sign of his prostration before God and his reliance on God. And still, death had its way with that child. So no, God does not always heal. But it's interesting to note that David, the one who says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, the one who heals all your diseases, what does he do when the child dies? He gets up and he goes to the house of the lord and worships his faith unshaken his trust in god secure for though the answer did not come as he desired he knows that god is still with him but had there been healing it would have been god that healed and though there was not healing God was still present. In the New Testament, in the book of James, we read these words in James 14 and 15. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. What sicknesses and diseases does James have in mind in these words? Certainly the infirmities of our flesh, the brokenness of our bodies, That we all experience but that's not the only healing that james has in mind that's not the only way that we are healed remember we are spirit mind and body a unified whole in christ we also find healing for our wounded souls souls bound by bitterness and anger Broken by betrayals and fractured relationships. We find healing for our wavering minds as God brings the light of truth and direction and purpose and meaning into our lives. And we find healing for our weary, weary spirits. Rest and renewal and restoration in the presence of Christ our Saviour we are promised healing. So if the healing that we think ought to happen doesn't happen, who's at fault? Is it God's fault that we are not healed? No. We do not blame God, for we know that our God is good. Well, then it must be on our end that the problem lies. Is it a lack of faith? Really? Are we going to add a layer of guilt and shame onto the suffering we're already experiencing? Healing is not a formula. And anyone who says that it is is a liar and a false teacher. And we see these teachers in the world around us. Those who call it a word of faith teaching, name it and God has to do it. That's not the way it works. In fact, that way of thinking is so damaging. It creates even deeper wounds for those who are not healed. I've seen this firsthand in my own extended family with an uncle who was dying of cancer, but because he believed that if, if only we say the right words, if only there's enough faith, then I will be healed of this. Though the doctors say you have weeks to live, his family could not process that grieving. They couldn't even mention what might happen. And so with his passing, they were left not only with the loss of a father but also with a deeper grief of thinking that somehow their faith had been lacking or he would have been healed. Perhaps, perhaps the healing that God offers to us, the promises that we are given for healing is not the healing that we think that we need. Perhaps the underlying cause of our sicknesses or a spiritual issue doesn't mean that there aren't reasons that we aren't healed. Sometimes, as is David in David's case, God says no, why? Is it because, well, it's part of God's big plan for me and I just just need to just deal with it? No, that's not it. Sin, suffering, death, that's not part of God's plan for us. It never has been. We do need to accept, though, that we simply do not know, perhaps cannot know, perhaps may only see later on why God's answer to this particular thing was no, and continue on in faith as David does, continuing to lift our praises before our God, a God who is faithful through all things. Sometimes healing does not come because of unbelief or disbelief, We simply don't believe that God will do this, can do this, or has the power to accomplish this. And so, it doesn't happen. We learn in Jesus' own life that there were places where Jesus himself could not perform acts of healing because of the opposition and hostility to the word of truth of the gospel. And sometimes we are not healed because it is sin that's going on. James 5 goes on in verse 16 to say this, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective to treat God as an afterthought in our lives and withholding our hearts from God or to put it in a more direct way, to live in rebellion from God keeps us from experiencing the power and the presence of God in our lives because we are choosing it with the way that we live. Jane says here that a heart that is right with God Those prayers are heard. And they are also those who are best able to hear the voice of God and to share in faith that God will do what is best in this situation. Why does God heal anyway? Why does this promise come to us? It's because it is in God's nature as the creator of all that is good, to heal, to reconcile, and to make things right. We hear this over and over again in the scriptures. God also heals to bring glory to his name. How does God bring glory to his name through healing? We see this often as we hear the stories of those who are in proclaiming the gospel and evangelizing that there are prayers that seem to be answered in those places that perhaps are not in others. It is because God answers the prayers of those who are seeking his face to show he is real. It's a sign that demonstrates the truth of the gospel that our God is the God who is a living God, the God of power over all things a god above all other gods god also heals as a sign of his inbreaking kingdom the kingdom that has been established through jesus the resurrected one we have a glimpse of how things will be made right in the end times as god comes in jesus to bring all of creation under his reign. In Revelation chapter 21, we have this vision from the, from the, uh, John the Apostle. And it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And he goes on to say, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. Why? Because the old order of things has passed away. This is the order of things that Jesus announces to the people when he says, The kingdom of God is coming near! and he invites us to enter into that kingdom of God reality. What we understand is that that reality of the kingdom is here in part, but not in full. We wait for and we long for the day, the second coming of Christ, in which that will be made full. The kingdom is already here, but yet not fully here. So we experience in part The blessings the healing that is promised and we will one day experience the fullness of that promise in Christ God is faithful to his promises and to what scriptures have told us and so in the midst of our struggle in the midst of our suffering we can praise God for our healing whether it is the healing of our bodies here and now in this moment, or the healing of our spirit and soul, the reconciliation we find in him, or in the midst of our waiting, we bless his holy name, the one who heals all our diseases. This morning, if you are in need of prayer for healing in your heart, in your life or in your body, I invite you after the service, come to the prayer room at the back of the uh, sanctuary. I would love to pray with you. God knows your prayer. God hears our prayers. And God is faithful. In Christ, we are healed. Let us live in this resurrection power and understanding. Amen. (music) Thank <music> you.